red light uh, biologically doesn't affect our night vision as much as the white light does. So actually, when you're walking or biking through the Gladys project, you can see uh, the surroundings and the night sky a little better, which is kind of a nice, nice side effect of the red light. Welcome to Smart in the City, the Bobble podcast. I am your host, Tamlin Shimizu. And really at Bobble, we aim to connect the players in the smart city industry with high quality information and ideas through our platform and services. This podcast is really an extension of this goal and mission to drive the change for a better urban life. And first, a quick announcement from Bobble. As a company dedicated to drive the change for a better future, we at Babel express our support for all victims of the Ukrainian-Russian war. To all our listeners, if you're wondering how to best support Ukraine from a foreign country, please visit the following website, supportukrainenow.org. And now on to our episode. So today we are going on a little journey to a municipality outside of Copenhagen called Gladsaxe. And there a new red vision of how lighting interacts with humans is being piloted and all for the sake of bats. Um, <laughs> so hopefully that leaves you a bit intrigued as to uh, as it as it also did for me. So first of all, with me today is Jonas Jorgensen who is a project manager in infrastructure projects at Gladsaxon Municipality. Welcome, Jonas. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so can you give me a, a brief introduction on your role? Yes. Um, in, <clears throat> in this project we had uh, in the municipality, we had a project where we needed to renovate all the lights um, to a less energy consumption light bulb, I would say. But... Um, we have this special area that's considered rural area where the laws are a little bit different so we can do something else. And I had hired Light Bureau uh, as a consultant, so that's how the whole project started. Uh, cool. I contacted them and said, let's do something here. And that easy? <laughs> no, no, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew we, we could, we could with, within city, city borders, there's... Uh, some other rules, they know much more about that. But outside this rural area, there's a, a little more wiggle room, I would say. So I just knew we could do something. I didn't know what. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks for the little introduction. Um, also to introduce you to Philip uh, Yelvard, who is a lighting designer at Light Bureau. Um, and Rune Brandt Hermansen, who is a senior visualizer and designer at Light Bureau. Yeah. Welcome, Philip. Thank you. Welcome, Rune. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for being here with me today. Um, so, Rune, maybe you could give a brief overview of what Light Bureau really does as, a, as an organization. Well, we are a lighting consultancy company, so uh, we advise our customers on uh, what light to put up uh, where. And uh, to the end of the project in Gladsax, we tried to be uh, forward-looking consultants on how to do light that is more in tune to how the nature around the lighting uh, solution uh, is geared um, for the first time. 
Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Um, and、uh, Philip, maybe you can give us also a short introduction into the project that we're speaking about, a bit extended extension off of what Jonas said. Sure. Like、uh, for us, this was, I guess, just as Jonas said, like this is a.、Uh, we didn't necessarily knew what to do as well, but but at least I think we had the specialities in house to to at least、uh, go in and and be as、uh, ambitious as. As、um, as Gladsaxe Commune to to really try to figure out how we could do this this best. So so for us this was a complete new thing,、uh, and I think we have tried to solve it in in the best way we know how, at least considering the the context and stuff.、Um, so really exciting project.、Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to dig in a bit deeper with you all. But I think to、uh, start us off, I'll start us with a, a short teaser,、um, and、uh, that will be all three of you have to answer at the same time. Okay.、Um, if the lights were a different color than red, what color would they be? And just say that all at the same time, and then I will ask you why. <laughs> all, all at the same time. All at the same time. Do we get a countdown? Yeah. Okay. Ready?、Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Oh, fee purple. <laughs> white. <laughs> I said white. All right. But that, Jonas but that, said white. But that's because I. <clears throat> they have a whole other viewing of how they see light and their and their. <laughs> and and for me, I'm not an expert. That's why I hired them. So for me, when I look at the street, I see white. White light, yellow light, and red light. That's like <laughs> good. So, so that's that's probably what it would have been. Not white necessarily, but it would have been in that total, in a normal, normal, normal traditional yeah. light. So、yeah. that's what that's just what I call white. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And Philip, I believe you said orange. I said off. What does it, that mean? <laughs> we wouldn't have any. Oh, okay, okay. In a perfect scenario, yes, we wouldn't have any, but but there's some traffic things that、mm. that that are part of the project. Why? So we considered off for a second, but we 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 couldn't do it because、oh. there's、uh, a lot、yeah. of、uh, uh, all the bikes. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. So that that wasn't an option. Good. And Arun,、uh, you said <laughs> I said deep purple because that would be as close to red as we could get without purple. Yeah, but I mean. Actually, we 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 need the red wavelength, the the very long wavelength,、uh, and we need a narrow band wavelength、uh, to be as as cautious as we can、uh, with the light、uh, in order to protect the bats or、um, have the least impact on them. So, I mean, actually, I agree completely with Philip. It's red or it's off if we have to fulfill、uh, the assignment that the customers、mm-hmm. gave us.、Uh, Then purple. <laughs> All right, perfect. Thank you so much.、Um, and then, so now getting a bit more into、uh, a bit deeper into the project, I'm sure people want to know. Really, I, I think you touched on it on how the project really started, but maybe one of you wants to,、um, maybe maybe Jonas,、um, you want to talk、yeah. about how it how it really began. Yeah, it, it's 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 a small project. I would say within a larger project,、uh, we had we had a large amount of money to renovate the existing、uh, light, and it was very important for the politician to point out that this was not an architectural project. We we weren't redesigning or anything. It was just to、uh, change the I would say light bulb, but it probably has another name、uh, to a less energy consuming product, LED lighting. That's where it started.、Um, 
<clears throat> and then I noticed we had this special rule area where we could do things a little bit different. Um, I didn't know what or how. Or <laughs> we, we had these old uh, wooden masts who were, they, they cost a fortune in maintenance. For, so, so we knew that um, we could change those and, and do something completely different. And we have a very, I would say, we, we have some UN sustainable goals that we have applied to the municipality. And I thought, instead of just talking about them, let's see what we actually could do. Um, so I think it was Henrik Sode, one of your colleagues. I He was the work, person I worked with when we were designing the contract for this assignment uh, and this bad project. Uh, <laughs> and I said to him, let's do something. And we, we didn't call it bad project there. We just called it the special project. And then when we dug in a little deeper and talked to some of the other departments in the municipality and you talk to a lot of experts i'm pointing at philip <laughs> yeah thank you for uh, yeah, the case uh, yes yeah um then, then we could make it a little more concrete and then we knew okay we got bats out here so we had nature animals but we also had traffic safeties uh, there's still a lot of people visiting so we had some intersections and i would say all of those combined we 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 were looking at, as I can understand, quite a unique project. You, we, we didn't have any reference points or anything, so I'm glad it worked out how it did, but I'm also a little bit glad it wasn't me who <laughs> had to decide. <laughs> Doing it together yeah. helps, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so has this been done before? So is it is it a brand new concept or have you seen it before? I think you're more right to answer yeah. that. This is Philip. I, I think when we started looking into sort of kind of solutions that we we could implement out in Gelsax. So we looked at like what how do we how do research or how do like other places in the world tackle these sort of issues and and we came across like not not a lot of research but some some very good research at least that that had been done that could sort of guide the way through so at least we tried to um as as close as uh, as, as we could stick to that sort of research but we also found let's say other solutions around the world using sort of red light in an urban context. Whereas when we looked at it, could see some, something that we wouldn't have done. Like we were talking highlight poles, very on, on like directed light, just everything would be red just for the sake of making it red. So it was like, yeah, you can, you can use as much light as you want, just as long as it's red, which we, we didn't at all want it to do. Like we wanted to, put the light where we meant it was needed and still make it red. Um, so I don't think there's any like reference projects, at least within Denmark that, that I have heard of. I think it's, it's more Southern Europe, maybe the Netherlands, uh, Ireland, they're, they're, they're pretty far in like the whole UK area, but, but not to my knowledge, I think that, that we have seen anything around here in that sort of sense. Yeah, very unique. Um, and uh, so maybe you can talk a bit about uh, really the public reception of this from anyone's viewpoint. Um, obviously, when you say red lights, so, you know, you've built uh, an area with red lights. It takes some time to get used to. And it also has some associations, right? Oh. Have you heard it referred to as the red light district and things along these lines? N not by the users, uh, but... but uh... Within our department, we have yeah made a little bit of fun of it, called it 
<laughs> sorry, but, but Paul lied. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but but um, no, no, we we haven't from from I, I, I'm the one getting all the complaints if there were any. Yeah, that's that's the good thing about being a consultant. <laughs> but <clears throat> we haven't actually. It was exceptionally well received, um, and I only think I had one person who called and said. It, and it was a certain light he called and said it's a little bit too bright, uh, mm. but it, it, but it had nothing to do with the project. But people, if if you just uh, if you just explain it and take the time to tell what is it that that we're doing and why are we doing it, they understand they they they, they think it's a good cause and 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 we when we emphasize that that we don't compromise traffic safety, so yeah. they are not going to feel a different or shouldn't feel a different. Then, then they're all right with us taking uh, all the other aspects, uh, nature into consideration. So, so it's been quite popular, and a lot of I would say, speaking of other an insane amount of other municipality and consultancy have called me and asked if I could give them information about the project, and they want to do something similar. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there's been a lot of also collaboration with other municipalities looking not, to do not the yet, same? Not yet, but I, I would say it's, uh, I, can, I can see it as a, uh, an eye-opener for other uh, projects. Uh, as, as But as Philip once wrote to me, uh, this is a project designed for Glelsaxe, so you just can't copy it one-to-one to another yeah. part. But it's still, the idea is there and the concept is there, but you need to implement it locally. But But it has been an eye-opener for a lot of other municipalities. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. It's also quite interesting um, to think in the relation of how we interact with nature, of course. This is a big goal of it, right, to protect the biodiversity of the area. Um, maybe, Rune, maybe you can speak a bit more on on this side of things, on um, how you see, you know, light interacting with uh, biodiversity in the future. Yeah, well, let's go back to Philip's answer to what light we should have put up there, which was none. Uh, and, and I mean, it has been an eye-opener for both of us to do the research we've been doing for the past couple of years that, that I mean, basically what we're doing is wrong and we should stop doing it uh, from a nature perspective because all light you put up is is interfering with, with some natural rhythms Uh on the other hand, there's no doubt that uh, we as humanity has benefited enormously from being able to put up light at night. And 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 I think Gladstone's project is one of the first examples of attempting to strike a balance between needs for humans and, and for nature. Uh, and as Jonas said, this project is very specifically made for this location and this biotope. And we are taking the bats into consideration. They are the guys we're trying to save here. Had it been migratory birds, we would have maybe chosen chosen another color or have the uh, lights on and off at specific uh, times of year. So, I mean, it's very much about uh, analyzing uh, and doing exactly what is needed, where it's needed, uh, and putting up the right lights. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and Jonas, you touched on this a bit, but really the safety aspect, right? Is it, Would you all say it's as safe um, for the pedestrians, for the cyclists, as a, a white light might be? Um, I don't think we have any right answers uh, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's how people... <laughs> 
I, I, I would say it's a feeling that's personal for everybody. But I know Philippe uh, has looked into how the is the science out there still visible. Uh, so so those aspects we can say yes, it should not be a problem. But how cyclists feel about it that's individual and it's going to be hard to measure um but I, I i would say we're a little bit lucky because the, the it's it's designed on a road where the municipality stops at one point and the next part of the road is another municipality and they don't have any light so no matter what i would say we, we are better than them so <laughs> they will always feel that when when they arrive at Glossax, they they it's it's better so so i think that's a little bit we were lucky to implement it in that way mm-hmm. so so but it had, had it been in a completely traditional lighting area where we suddenly turned down reaction could have been different but I, I i'm gonna say no there's enough light to not compromise with traffic safety yeah. uh, philip do you agree with that yeah, I, definitely. What what Jonas is saying, it's it, this is different. You know, like you're not used to biking through an area lit in such a vibrant red. But <laughs> but, but I also hope that that's like when when people bike through there and they see that maybe they're a bit more cautious because we have fast moving traffic coming on and off uh, the the highway. Uh, we have uh, double sided bike lanes in both directions. Um, I just think people need to be also just a bit cautious when, when they go out to be wary of like, okay, yeah, this, this is new. Uh, but, but then again, when you get used to it, maybe when you have biked there for a couple of months, you know what you're going to expect when you go out there and then you probably ride with a much more calm state of mind. Um, and, and for these traffic safety, like, points of interest that we had we at least tried to take steps so so like pedestrians and cyclists and at least slower moving traffic would be would be a lot more visible we have areas where cyclists crosses the road and stuff and that's we we did some steps to to try and make that more visible for for uh for a driver's point of view and as well trying to like let's light up the people in the road we don't necessarily need to light up the cyclist when they're on, let's say, they're a part of this area, like the, the mm-hmm. bike lane and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's there's there is standards to follow when it comes to roads or bigger roads where you have to have a certain color rendering. This falls completely out of that. Mm-hmm. But the road is still classified as as an area where there's, it's not necessarily needed. Uh, and I'm happy that, that we at least could argue the case and and get to an agreement where we could see that maybe this road doesn't have to fulfill a, a highway standard but but at least let's let's try and let's try and meet in the middle for the nature as well so so yeah. because because then you wouldn't be able to do anything anywhere you had a road basically so it's nice that at least we can see that okay yeah we can we can um uh, we need to balance it out basically yeah. we can uh, take a bit of comfort away from the the people that are most comfortable driving around out there and, and give a little bit back Um, which I think is nice. Yeah, it's very nice. So we have to compromise for nature a bit on these things. That that was the word, compromise. (laughs) Compromise. Yeah. 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 So I'm just wondering also kind of, this is piloted now, right? Um, And then what's next, really? So 
Um, have you collected, you know, uh, insights on it and now you're continuing it? What's really next for the project? Yeah, no, right now, I actually think I talked to you about this Rune the other day um, when he called me uh, and, and, and we said it's going to be hard to measure because we don't have any benchmark or anything because yeah. how, how can you measure it? With, are them all bad? We, we, we wouldn't be able to tell. Uh, so, so I think the the only way for us to measure it uh, is to to ask people how they feel about it, uh, and that that's a good benchmark. The, the only problem is the next step is we we don't have a lot of these rural areas, so we are very limited where we can do something else. But I would say it it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a rural area. It could, it could be some sort of path, small path, or something. We, it's just. It's an eye-opener to, you can do other things with light. I don't know what, and that's why we have experts, but <laughs> but it's just to, to instead of doing it the normal way, let's change a traditional life or traditional light. It's, we, we are re, uh, not rethinking, but we are doing as we are saying. Uh, we we have these sustainable goals. We want to be, uh, Philip said, uh, the fun thing about working there is it's, it, it is an ambitious municipality, and they there's money to do these things. That's that, I would say that's a good thing. Uh, but you also need to do them. Uh, so, <laughs> any advice for people wanting to do something? Yeah, similar? That, right, no, but yeah, it's hard because it, all municipalities are so differently structured yeah. with economy. But it's just it's nice when politicians say let's do sustainable goals and let's be better at and then let's lower our CO two usage. That then that we actually are able to do it. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what the next exact step is, but <laughs> figuring it out on the yeah. way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Philip. I think from from like at least the things that we have seen, like working with this for a bit of time now, that it seems like there have been like people have been afraid to take the first step. Because you can see all the interest that's coming Jonas's way with other municipalities calling it. Like now they suddenly want it. Because someone was willing enough to, okay, let's, we're going to do it. You know, like, like we're not going to wait for someone to do it, but we'll take the first step and we'll, we'll make a break, you know, basically, uh, glad that it didn't, you know, it feels <laughs> yeah. like we, we made something that's at least meant to last, uh, and, and it's creating interest. Um, and, and hopefully that will just continue. So, so we see more of these projects. Yeah, and I think I mean I'm so happy that Gladsax chose to go all the way with us and and do the in some ways extreme solution, which is very narrow band red light on all the time, red all the time. And I think in the future for I mean for residential areas stuff like that, you could maybe have light that is white uh, when it's needed for people that is uh, from early in the evening uh, until late in the evening and but then on for the rest of the night in you know in a red color so that that we kind of share the night uh, with nature um, share the night i like that term <laughs> that might have to be the title of this podcast episode also <laughs> um and i think i mean we as consultants right now the science is kind of uh, a bit ahead of us uh, so they have there's a lot of science on how light affects animals but there's not really any science on what happens or very little on what happens when you do a lighting projects in tune to nature and then research on how did this project change the nature where the light is um and 
we really want to start more cooperations with biologists uh, to see, okay, uh, we put up red light instead of white light. What happens? Uh, we need benchmarks. We need to work out how happy were the bats before we started, or the frogs, or the snakes. And it's, it's. I mean, the more we research this, the more we find out that it's, it's so insanely complicated uh, and it's, it's so hard to do everything right all the time so a project like Gladysax is doing something right some of the time and it's just the first step and, and a lesson in if you do something something will happen uh, but I mean I think should, we should also so be honest and say we don't think that this has saved nature uh, there's a football field like 500 meters away from from this nightly red lane uh, which is just pumping out lots of white light i don't know how the bats feel about that so this is taking the first step and and bring uh, starting a discussion and and uh, maybe just making people aware that uh, light has an effect on nature and then we need to take that into account when we put up lights yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so Jonas, no, no, um, intention to make the football players start playing under red light. <sighs> not my, no, no. I'm, I'm a huge football fan, so I would, I would appreciate it if not. But I, I just wanted to, say, as always, say, this is, as I, as far as I know, this is the first kind, first of a kind project here locally. I have, I haven't heard anything in Denmark about that's similar to this and it's a very learn by doing project because yeah. our in environmental <laughs> department or team they were like i'm not gonna say mad but they were just why didn't you ask us about this project and it was just like oh that makes sense but i forgot <laughs> <laughs> i thought philip and rona had it <laughs> but they were just like we could have told so much information and okay yeah now i know but it's also <laughs> like the project that's that's five different areas working together yes we also just within our department or within our municipality need to work together and and they had so much knowledge that we we, we probably could have used and and so so as one said benchmark next time and yes use the existing knowledge we have <laughs> better <laughs> well uh, that that kind of goes really nicely into this segment um which is a segment we call trial and error Trial and error. What went wrong? What mistakes were made along the way? And more importantly, what lessons were learned? Does anyone want to start? Well, there's, there's nothing that comes to mind. Should there be, you know? <laughs> this is a consultant speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we did everything perfectly. Yeah. I have seen the bus coming, but we're not going to. <laughs> exactly you know i've been told to say this but no, yeah. no. I, I can as 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 the if you look at the project itself it is a success but yes what could be better we this this wasn't not a new way of working but it was a completely new area of working and normally when we do projects in the municipality we always you know work out our stakeholders and before doing this project, we, we I knew who they were, but as this project within the project went along, uh, the stakeholders, um, we, we didn't know the stakeholders were bats and environmental department. And so, so that was something 
it couldn't be handled better, but but it's just it's it's you need to consider this when when <laughs> when you go along. So so that's one area where I, yeah. I, I'm not going to say it's an error because it's just it, it, I think it could have helped smoothen the process a yeah. little bit, and then. Of course, there's the way we communicate things within the and how we sell the product because um, what people it's it's kind of funny, but but if you look at the economy we have, we have a maintenance economy and new projects, and when we do like uh, this is a maintenance project, uh, this red light uh, bad, but when we do a project like this and and right on Facebook, people are always asking, oh, so. You got money enough for the bats, but not for the old people. <laughs> mm. And they, it's, it's the, the the economy is very complex. So yeah. no, we are not taking any money from from, from the elderly. From, from the elderly, you didn't uh, steal yeah. from their pensions. No, no, this is this is completely different, and and they have nothing to do. <laughs> but it's just the way of communicating. Um, so it's not again not an error, but but it's just we need to be better at at these sort of thing. And and another thing that I don't. Ever think we could change that about it, but but Corona did happen, and all deliverance were just completely scheduled to to new time slots. So yeah. when we thought we could do the project, uh, I think it was around September, August ish. We we hoped. Then I think we had a, a, a delay in all delivery, so it was around New Year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so. We, we we couldn't change that, but it's just we 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 had we had a good story about we are we are building right at this time slot because of the breeding season for bats, and we are really taking them into consideration. And then okay, yeah, we have to move it, but those things happen, and I don't think we could have done anything about it. But I think they're in hibernation. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's I, I was it's just communication is the the, the biggest part of this sort of project because people need to understand it and we can't just do what we want to do. <laughs> and I think that's actually two of the main points we, we talk about when we talk about these new kinds of projects as a consultant, that, that the communication between municipality and the future users is very important because there will always be angry people on Facebook, but you can mitigate uh, the impact of that if you communicate well. Mm-hmm. And then this cross-disciplinary need uh, that, that the people who are responsible for lighting municipalities are often... Uh, not really used to working with the biologists mm. in the municipality, and and we need these projects to be engaged with both parts from the beginning uh, to make them work as well as possible. I think. Yeah, I would say exactly, and and uh, a little. Normally, I don't do this, but I spent some some consultant hours for them to write the text that I could use for public publishing. Uh, the story about this because I didn't know enough about this and we really need to sell, sell me the good story <laughs> and they need to understand it. So yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> and it's just important for me to know that, that we are not a biologist either. We are, nope. we are the, we are the middlemen as consultants yeah. between technology and biology yeah. and the needs of the, the end customers. Yeah. And I'm even, I'm not a light expert either, so I'm even worse. <laughs> so, but, uh, but you need you need all these sorts of people working together to make this project happen, right? And um, bringing the citizens along the way is a really important lesson, I think. Just co- co-creating something with them, setting 
expectations. Right? And that, that's one of the UN uh, goals that we have. It's called partnership, mm-hmm. where a lot of people look this uh, look at uh, as the, the municipality and businesses working together. But I look at it as we, we need to involve the citizens, the, the users. So, so partnership is one of those UN goals that we have uh, in the municipality. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, thanks so much. And then I'm going to ask you all um, uh, a reoccurring question we ask every single guest. And you can answer in any way that you would like what it means to you. Um, what is a smart city? We'll start with you, Philip. <laughs> I should have said more in the last segment, you know. <laughs> then you get to go laugh. <laughs> you can talk about it from a lighting perspective if you'd like. Because, you know, we have people from all different types of um, sectors talk about what what really makes a city smart. So to you and from your perspective, what what would make a city smart either in lighting or overall? Like the, the first things that, that come to mind when one smart city, I think maybe it's because it's I don't know if you call it like an indoctrination with all this, like, oh, it needs Wi-Fi, it needs to talk with like everything needs to be connected. I haven't seen a good use case for it yet. And I probably just think that that would make lighting dumber in a sense. So for me, like now, now it's just more about lighting in, in a smart city maybe, but it's something that considers like everything. The bats. For instance, like out there, it was the bats and, and the yeah. people in, in, in a city center. Maybe it isn't the bats, but maybe it's the, you can support activity and rest as well. Like, Again, as, as Honis said, like the great phrase, we share the night. Like in a city, there's other use cases. In a city that's always alive, there, maybe that isn't too healthy for anyone living in it. Like there needs to be time to to get new energy to like, like there's a day tomorrow as well, you know. So so a city that considers every need of, of the people that live in it and if there's no people, the animals that live in it. So yeah, all considerate. Yeah. Holi- a very holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Jonas. Yeah. I would, s- I think when, when f- for me, it's something about utis- utilization, what we have, we have certain amount of square meters. Uh, <laughs> we have, we, we, we don't have any more room. So it's, it, it's f- for me, the first thing that strikes my mind is, is if, a, a car doesn't need to take up 12 square meters of space 90% of the time. It's more sharing or for the light. I know, uh, I, I don't know anything about this, but I know they are ready for, they have open software. Uh, so I don't know what the future brings, but they are ready for it. Um, we talk about smart city for me is, is probably more within the like green mobility area. That That's for, for me. Um, uh, car sharing, uh, better wayfinding, better park, uh, better use of the space that we have. Uh, it, uh, it's a completely complex question, but, yes. but, but, no, but, but for, 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 for me, it's like u- utilization of the space we have the, in the best possible way. So Yeah, yeah and yeah. sharing a lot, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, sharing our resources, good. Swoon, you're a lot. Yeah, I'll support Philip and say maybe a darker city. And uh, a city where the light is in tune for the circadian rhythm of the people living there. Uh, and this is not something that's just right around the corner because we're using the same street lights that we have been for a lot of years. But um, I mean, 
that could be a hope. Uh, less light, light only when uh, where it's needed and when it's needed. Uh, and then I think the smart city thing, there's a lot of possibilities uh, and sometimes a lot more possibilities than solutions. And I think mm, uh, a smart city is somewhere where someone is held responsible for converting possibilities to solutions in order to serve the public interest. Uh, and I think there's a lot of hype and a lot of, uh, we can do this, we can do that, but but very often it doesn't really end up with solution that takes humans into account. Those are all really good answers. I'm very impressed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, with that, it, it's been a really big pleasure. Um, would you all like to have any last words or anything? Otherwise, I will close us out and just say thank you. Just yeah, a minor detail that we missed out, I think, is that the red light uh, biologically doesn't affect our night vision as much as the white light does. So actually, when you're walking or biking through the Gladysaxe project, you can see uh, the surroundings and the night sky a little better, which is kind of a nice, nice side effect of the red light. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that as well. You know, there's actually, you know, may, might take some time to get used to, but there's some benefits on the human side too. Philip sound, yeah, looks yeah. like he wants to respond yeah, to that. Like it's because we don't have many of these area in these metropolitan, like big urban areas. So like, oh, this is maybe a plug. Like, so if you really want to see the night sky, you know, you go to Glossaxe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We, we have thought about like selling it at some point. Uh, how, how, how can we do it? <laughs> but, but, uh, a new tourist attraction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People go to Bispebjerg Cemetery <laughs> to watch the trees. Go out there and watch the red light. It's, yeah. it's quite something. So your next destination. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much to all of you. Um, always a pleasure to be able to sit in person as well, especially in the beautiful city of Copenhagen. Um, yeah. And thank you for Jonas for sharing your sides from the municipality side. I think it's also very valuable to have um, on the private side of things. Also, thank you to Philip and Rune. Um, on yeah, sharing all your insights about lighting and expertise there. Um, and to all of our listeners, if you want to learn more about projects and real life implementations in smart cities in Europe and beyond, you can find more information on babel-smartcities.eu and be part of our community by signing up for free. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next stop on the journey to a better urban life. No, no Batmobile like uh, signs I'm or anything all for like it, that. But okay. I think the, the politicians are probably going to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.